Long before Adam and Eve set their eyes on each other, even before there was even a garden called Eden, God declared that his son Jesus would die on the cross for your sins and mine. You see, the gift of Christmas is Jesus. The gift of Christmas is Jesus. And the gift of Jesus is what Christmas is all about. He died for us that we could live for him. Can you say amen? You see, folks, it's not the lights. It's not the presence. It's not the, the, the glory and the adoration of that, of that pine tree. It's not the gifts under the tree, but the gift that was on the tree. You see, the gift was so much. You know what the gift was? Jesus but you know what the gift was? The gift was his plan. The gift was his purpose. The gift was his love. The gift was, I am accomplishing it all in the fullness of time for all that was received. Jesus, it'll be the merriest Christmas of all. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Master. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's VLCCAZ.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. We have, we have been on, a, on a, a sermon series that I've just basically titled a Christmas series and, and uh, talking about the things of God and what is Christmas really all about and uh, we have been uh, frequenting, uh, frequenting the Charlie Brown group, uh, Linus and, and uh, Snoopy and, and, and Lucy and the whole group. And today won't be any different because it was in that, it was in that little, that little uh, movie that Charlie Brown stands up and says, does anyone really know what Christmas is all about? And I've told you the history of that movie and but I would encourage you go out and watch it I mean you can you can you can watch the entire movie on YouTube okay it's free don't even have to go buy it if you don't want to uh, just go to the Charlie Brown Christmas and they'll have the entire movie there without commercials so it'll be a, a wonderful thing to go see but we've been talking about <clears throat> this this thought what is Christmas really all about and one of the things that I, and I stopped in our worship service this morning to ask us not to just blow through the words. Because sometimes we do that. We just, we just blow through the words and we don't, we don't think about the message. Because, folks, words without a message, music without words, I mean, I, I love all, I love listening to instrumentals, I love listening to all, but the reality, there's only one thing in the world one thing in the world. Did I say that? 
one thing in the world that will not come back void? God's Word. God said it will accomplish that which I set it forth to do. Today's sermon I very simply titled, He Came to Us, Will We Come to Him? He came to us, will we come to Him? Here's the problem. When we just blow through things, we miss the message. We get so caught up in what is happening here and now that we don't stop to think what happened then and there. What was God's plan since the foundation of the earth? What is God's plan for your life today? What is God's plan for eternity? It's all written in this book. It's all right there outlined. Before there was an Ivan and a Heather, God knew there was going to be an Ivan and a Heather. God orchestrated an Ivan and a Heather. Now let me, I'm going to, I'm going to pop some theological bubbles. Marriages are not made in heaven. But if you'll add Jesus, you can get heaven in your marriage. Because marriage always takes three. But when Ivan and Heather, you say, why are you picking on them? Because they came right into my eyes. There they are. When Ivan and Heather were walking through life just doing Ivan things and Heather things, God said, I got a new thing. I got a marriage thing. I got a destiny thing. You watch what God does to those two kids. Because I know a God who is about to do an awesome thing. But you know what? If they were just focused on just them, they might have missed this thing. They weren't. They were focused on him. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Do you want your marriage to work? Get your eyes off of each other. Put your eyes on him. And he'll take care of the part of you that is called them. He'll put you together. And he'll do a new thing. Let me take you back 209 years. It was a year called 1809. And there was a lot of ugly stuff happening in 1809. There was a man by the name of Bonaparte. Remember Bonaparte? Y'all get the symbolization? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he was a real short guy. Is that? That's not, okay. I thought all you historians would have got it. Every time you see Bonaparte, he's got his hand in his, in his coat. I don't know why, but he had his hand in his Maybe it's cold. I don't know. Napoleon was, was ripping through Europe, Austria. Blood was flowing every place because Napoleon Bonaparte was out conquering the world in 1809. But there was something else happening in 1809. And nobody was giving much attention to it because when you got blood flowing and a battle going, 
Babies are not the top of your agenda. More important matters. Christmas time is about a baby. But sometimes we're focusing on more important matters. And we miss the message. But can I tell you, in 1809, the world was overlooking the birth of a man by the name of William Gladstone, one of the greatest legal minds that ever lived and one of the greatest statesmen ever to come from, from Europe, England. In 1809, they were missing one of the greatest literary minds born to an obscure minister and his wife by the name of Alfred Tennyson. Many of us have read books. In 1809, right here on the American continent, Bonaparte was ripping through Europe. But there was a baby by the name of Oliver Wendell Holmes that was being born in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And not that far away, in another city called Boston, an obscure young man who began his eventful, albeit tragic, life was being born by the name of Edgar Allan Poe. The same year, back on the continent of England, a couple by the name of Robert and Susanna Darwin were given birth to their first child by the name of Charles. See, a lot of things happen in a year, but if we're not thinking about anything but us, we're not going to see all the stuff that is happening. Can I take it even beyond that for some of you that are more patriotic as I am? In a wooden log home in a little state at the time called Illinois. Abraham Lincoln was being born. See, if, if we get so focused on us and we become what it's all about, we'll miss the message of what is transferring in the world. You see, the news broadcast of the time was war in England, war across Europe, Napoleon Bonaparte. And you probably would have heard the news anchors tell you that the destiny of the world is being shaped in the Austrian battlefield that day. But can I tell you something? History is being shaped in the nursery rooms of the houses every single day of our life. And 1809 was no different. Spoken of as one of America's greatest presidents, Abraham Lincoln. But can I take you even further? In a stable, a manger, 1,800 years before, in a little city called Bethlehem. All the newscasters, they were probably talking about taxation. They were talking about census. They were talking about naming everybody. But in a little obscure place, a Jewish woman was cradling the biggest news of all time the birth 
of a Savior. And every year at this time, we have the privilege of going back to that manger. And why can't we go back to that manger? Because we know what happened after. But I think if we don't give our lives to what happened after, we'll never go back and return to. This is why we do communion in our church. You know what the Bible says about communion? Remember. 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 And some of you all are going to laugh when I do this. But I remember another voice. Remember. Remember. Simba. You are more than you have become. See, I told you some of you'd laugh. But can I tell you something? Most of us are more than we have become. This guy in this Bible, Jesus, you know what he calls us? More than conquerors. You know what the guy in this Bible calls us? Overcomers. You know what the guy, by, the guy in this Bible calls us? Victorious. You know what the guy in this Bible calls us? His son. His daughter. His friend. But he calls us something that I think we fail to remember. He calls us joint heirs of the promise of God. Quickly, in your notes, what is Christmas really all about? You see, the, the Christmas gift is the gift he gave us. And the gift he gave us was to give us the ability to get back what we had lost. 1 John 4.19, we love him. Why? He first loved us. Can, can you say that with me? We love him because he first loved us. Matthew 25 says it this way, the king will say to those on, their right, on his right hand, what is his right hand? His right hand represents his power. You know what it means when he says to those on his right hand? He is saying to those who yielded to him being Lord and Savior of their lives. He said, those on my right hand, I will say, come, blessed of my Father, and inherit the kingdom, listen to this, that was prepared from the foundation of the world. Sandy, did you know that he prepared it for you from the foundation of the world? Did you? Loretta, did you know that? Jeff, did you know that? Dale? Before there ever was any name I could name, Jesus said, I'm making a way where there seems to be no way. Why? It was fulfilled 700 years before it was given unto us. A child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name will be Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And we talked about that when he said, 
on earth peace. We always like to change the words and we want to put peace on earth. But that's not what he said. He said on earth peace. Do you know why? Jesus said in John 16, in this world you're going to have problems, but in me you're going to have peace. How could he bring peace on earth? He didn't say, I'm going to change all the problems. He said, I'm going to be the solver of all the problems because in you, you're going to have peace in the midst of the problem. You see, the most precious gift ever known to mankind, and I want you to listen to this. Don't just blow past the words. Don't just blow past your notes, but look at this. I put it on the screen because I wanted you to get it. The most precious gift ever known to mankind was given that first Christmas. But listen to me. Not because it was deserved, but because it was required. See, from the foundation of the world, God set a way to give us back what we had lost. Our salvation, our hope, our victory. Our determination. Folks, I can't tell you despair, depression, anxiety is rampant in the world today. All because of what Satan has told us. But Jesus said, before the foundation of the world, I made a way where there was no way. You see, the gift the Bible tells us from the foundation of the world, was brought to play in the fullness of time. Look at it in Galatians chapter 4. When the fullness of time had come, what does that mean? When the time that God had allotted, when the time God set, you see Isaiah 46 says, before he created the end, he set the beginning. And at the beginning, he set the end before it was ever done. And he said, everything between is going to come to pass as I said it would. Am I making sense today? When the fullness of time had come, what happened? God sent forth his son, born of a woman. As I shared a couple weeks ago, he could have, he could have sent down a full-grown man from a beam of light. And said, okay, Spock, he's coming. <laughs> okay, some of you guys will get that after you leave. If not, just talk to a Trekkie next to you. He could have, he could have just brought down a full, but who could relate to him? The Bible says he brought him forth from a woman, born in a manger. I guarantee most of us gave birth to our children and a whole lot better accommodations. But God said, I'm going to take it to the lowest. Ooh, this is gonna be, I'm going to take it to the lowest that I can get you back to the highest. Oh, I'm thinking some of you might get this. I'm going to start in the lowest that I can take you to the highest. Can somebody say amen? Born of a woman. Now listen to this. This is something that should excite you. He said, I'm going to be born under the law. He said, I'm going to take the same junk upon me that you have to live with every day. I know it is, Hensley, and I'm getting there. I'm going to, I'm going to, 
come under the same law that you have to deal with. You see, the law's never been a problem. The law's never been a problem, folks. Look at somebody and say, I think he's going to tell me that I've been the problem. Yeah, I'm not going to say the devil's been the problem either. See, we want to say the devil made me do it. Flip Wilson might have got away with that, folks, but we can't. I know some of you are looking around. Flip who? Okay, let's go back to Ivan and Heather. Let's just talk. <laughs> folks, Jesus said, I'm going to be under the same requirements, the same jurisdiction, the same responsibilities, the same things. But look what it says. But I'm going to do it for you to show you the way. To show that it can be done. See, this is why he had to come to this earth completely man. Ephesians and Philippians says that he stepped out of his divinity and clothed himself in humanity. Look what it says here. And I want you to underline this in your notes. Galatians chapter 4, verse 5. Look what it says. To redeem. Underline that. To redeem. Say it with me. To redeem. Those who are under the law. Why? That we could become sons. That we might receive the adoption of sonship. That word redeem is an interesting word, and I'm going to break it down in just a moment. You see, the gift of Christ was from the foundation of the world, set forth to explain his purpose for all mankind. He came to redeem. That word redeem means to return to what used to be. Return to what once was. Let me put it in its proper context. To return to the value I created you with. That's what the word deem. Re means to return, to go back, to get back, to receive back your value. That word deem. So let's look at the picture. The manger. Gethsemane. Calvary. They were no afterthoughts. You see, long before, it's on the screen, long before there was a stable in Bethlehem, long before there was an Adam and Eve, and they set their eyes on each other like Ivan and Heather did. <laughs> Ivan's sitting back there just turning as red as his wife's clothes. Long before Adam and Eve set their eyes on each other, even before there was even a garden called Eden, God declared that his son Jesus would die on the cross for your sins and mine. You see, the gift of Christmas is Jesus. The gift of Christmas is Jesus. And the gift of Jesus is what Christmas is all about. He died for us that we could live for him. Can you say amen? You see, folks, it's not the lights. It's not the presence. It's not the, the, the glory and the adoration of that, of that pine tree. It's not the gifts under the tree, but the gift that was on the tree. You see, the gift was so much. You know what the gift was? Jesus, 
But you know what the gift was? The gift was his plan. The gift was his purpose. The gift was his love. The gift was, I am accomplishing it all in the fullness of time for all that was received. Jesus, it'll be the merriest Christmas of all. But let me take you. Let me take you back 2,000 years to a place called the inn. The inn was full. They found no room. But look what it says on your screen. But were the hearts empty? Think about it. The inn was full. But were the hearts empty? Well, yes, they were empty of Jesus. Yep, but they weren't empty. You know why the inn was full? Because their hearts were full of other things. You see, God in his omnipotence, God in his power and authority, he could have made a place. Look at Luke chapter 2. She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes <coughs> and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them. I call people. Pastor Ray talked about this morning. If you filled out this guest card... It could be a blessing or a cursing. <laughs> the blessing is you'll receive a gift. And the other blessing is you'll receive a phone call from me. That's why we don't fill it out, preacher. <laughs> but can I tell you something? We live in a day. <coughs> we live in a day. Could I get some water, please? We live in a day filled with TiVo, smartphones, voicemail. You know how many times I call people, even when they fill out these cars? Sorry, we have a voicemail that has not been set up yet. If your voicemail isn't set up, set it up, please. If nothing else, to get my phone call. Okay, maybe, maybe not. Maybe that's why you don't set it up. Not my phone call, but anybody's phone calls. But you know why we have that? Folks, in today's hour, we don't want to miss a thing. That's why we have TiVo. Oh, don't worry, honey, we can't be there tonight. Yeah, we got church. That's okay, we can, is it called TiVo? I can TiVo it. Or whatever the words are. Thank you so much. Let me, tell, let me tell you something, folks. True confessions. I don't answer my phone every time it calls. If I don't have your name in my phone, which you can ask my wife, I've got a couple thousand names in my phone, and a phone number comes that I don't recognize, I will generally let it go to voicemail. So it would behoove you to let it go to voicemail. I get a lot of phone calls. That's not a complaint. That's just reality. So do you. You get a lot of telemarketers, don't you? It used to be against the law to use the cell phones. But because most people have turned cell phones into their primary phone, they were able to skirt that law. But we don't want to miss a thing. 
But ladies and gentlemen, can I ask you, though we're kept from missing a phone call, it is these very things that can cause us to miss the real message of this season. You see, Christ can, Christmas can disappear right in front of our eyes in a pile of shredded paper and bows, finding ourselves at the end saying, I was so busy shopping, so busy attending this thing or that thing or this other thing, coming here and going there, that I actually think I missed the whole point of Christmas. How many on Christmas morning when you just got a pile of wrappings from $1,000 of giftings? And that's probably on the light end. You sit there and say, was this really worth it? Folks, they found no room in the end because they were focused on everything else. You see, it might be surprising to know that the majority of Christians miss what Christmas is all about. And we go back and we look at that day and say, they should have been paying attention. Folks, they missed the first Christmas because they were going on with business as usual, probably paying attention to everything, but not really seeing anything. And Luke 2, the innkeeper, he had no time for Christmas. So, though empty, his heart, it was full. It was full of the busyness of taxes and census. When Mary and Joseph arrived, listen to me. When Jesus knocks on the door of our heart, is there any room? Or is it a full of everything else? I love the story or the picture. We've all seen it, Jesus standing at the door. How many have seen that picture? Don't just blow past the picture, the artistry, the painting. Look, Jesus is standing there, but there's no doorknob. It doesn't matter what side of the door he's standing on, there's no doorknob. Do you know why? It only opens from the inside. We have to invite him in. They had no room at the end because the heart was already full. The only place he had to offer was a cold, dark, damp stable. The innkeeper was too preoccupied with other things to make time for the simple distraction of mother with babe and a dad desperately trying to find room for comfort. Ladies and gentlemen, there's times in our life we get so enamored with anxiety and depression and frustration, and we wonder, what is going to happen? How do I overcome? You've got to open the door and let Jesus come in. Can I tell you what? The Bible says that the strong man will be defeated when a stronger than he shows up. Can I tell you the omnipotence of Jesus Christ? Nothing has stood before him. Nothing stands against him. And nothing can stand ever. So the end, just like our hearts, too many in the world, Jesus, church, spiritual things are just distractions 
to try to interrupt our already full lives. These don't necessarily, these people, folks, listen to me. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean you necessarily oppose or even hate God. You're just preoccupied. And the enemy continues to preoccupy us. You see, the enemy doesn't want you to know that he came for you. And if he can keep you preoccupied longer, long enough, you'll never come to him. Let me begin to wrap up this morning. Worship. <laughs> I am taking my time, Hensley. Thank you. I, can I tell y'all, y'all need to take a lesson from Hensley. I've said it a hundred times or a thousand times or a million times. Saying amen to a preacher is like saying stick him to a dog. Amen. <laughs> so Hensley says, take your time. Y'all say amen. amen. Uh-oh, Hensley, we're going to get you on the spot now. Man, you are looking sharp today. Look at that suit and tie. You and I. You see, when you want to know what Christmas is really all about, it's about worship. It's about understanding who and what we worship. L look at me. We will all worship something. Yeah, I, I think it was ironic. Years and years and years ago, they had Monday night football. How did it ever become Sunday afternoon football? Well, they still got all of them. They got, but the big day of the, of the week now is Sunday. You think there might have been a conspiracy there? You think the enemy might have been trying to set up and say, okay, let's see who you're going to worship. Th that wasn't in my notes. That was free. <laughs> now, no, don't get me wrong. I, I, you know, I'm not as big a sports guy as the next guy. Matter of fact, if you told me who and what was happening today, I, I'd probably ask you, is that baseball or basketball? And you'll say, uh, it's football, Pastor. Oh. I, I, you know, it's not that I don't like the game. I just, and, and please, don't take this offensively. Please, 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 unless it's meant to be. I choose something else to worship. I am going to worship something, and I've only got so much room. I've only got so much room. I don't know about y'all, but somebody stole a few hours out of the day. I'm not thinking 24 is there anymore. I get up in the morning and I'm already making the bed to go to bed. It's like that. What happened to the day, folks? We are less than 10 days away from Christmas. What happened to the year? Matthew 2. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Sadly, ladies and gentlemen, the very word Christmas has been emptied of its meaning. Today in this politically correct society, many prefer the terms happy holidays or merry Xmas or the new thing, happy winter solstice. But can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Somebody tell me yes. yes. 
Thank you. You know what bugs me even more than those terms? Is the person that says Merry Christmas with no idea of what Christmas is really all about. You see, if Christmas is not the essence of worship, if we as Christians don't celebrate this holiday entirely by recognizing Jesus Christ, his birth, his coming into the world, the fullness of time, then ladies and gentlemen, what is the point? Some... Some may be bracing themselves. And listen to me. My mama went home to be with the Lord last year about this time. Just a couple days after Christmas. And I, I saw, you know, you, you get those, those uh, posts on uh, Facebook that are memory posts. My mama's smiling face comes up. And I, I, I saw some people that said, we can see your smile in your mom. Or would it not be rather her smile in you? And I just stood there last night and I was staring at my mama's face. Oh man, how you miss her. Folks, if Christmas isn't about us longing to be with Jesus, what is the point? I long to see my mama because I know where she is. And I love my mama more than you can imagine. And some of y'all love just the same. I, I, I understand. But folks, I'm not getting to heaven to see mama. I'm getting to heaven to see Jesus. And I know mama's going to be right there. And she's going to say, son, what took you so long? And I said, I don't know, Mama. It was the fullness of time Jesus was waiting for. Can you say amen this morning? Can I ask you something? Are there things that are filling you? I, I love Charlie Brown and Lucy. I love the Peanuts gang. And, and I, I, you know, I watch these guys and, and I get, you know, people don't like to go to the movies with me. They don't like to go to the movies with me. Because I'm always in the movie thinking, folks, don't you get it? Didn't they write it into the script? And I talk back to the movie people. And they didn't even put me on salary. So they don't like going to the movies with me. Anybody here like going to movies with me? three hands, and they're all feeling sorry for me because nobody else wants to go. Well, let me, let me take you into the life of Charlie Brown, and let's look at how Charlie Brown and Lucy might have handled this frustration, this fear, this anxiety, this thing called Christmas. Could you, uh, uh, Jared, watch this? May I screen. help you? I'm in sad shape. Wait a minute. Before you begin, I must ask that you pay in advance. Five cents, please. What a sound! How I love to hear that old money clink, that beautiful sound of cold, hard cash. That beautiful, beautiful sound. Nickels, nickels, nickels. That beautiful sound See of what she's filled with? All right, now. What seems to be your trouble? 
I feel depressed. I know I should be happy, but I'm not. Well, as they say on TV, the mere fact that you realize you need help indicates that you are not too far gone. I think we better pinpoint your fears. If we can find out what you're afraid of, we can label it. Are you afraid of responsibility? If you are, then you have hypengeophobia. I don't think that's quite it. How about cats? If you're afraid of cats, you have aleurophasia. Well, sort of, but I'm not sure. Are you afraid of staircases? If you are, then you have climacophobia. Maybe you have thalassophobia. This is fear of the ocean. Or jephorobia, which is the fear of crossing bridges. Or maybe you have pantophobia. Do you think you have pantophobia? What's pantophobia? The fear of everything. That's it! Actually, Lucy, my trouble is Christmas. I just don't understand it. Instead of feeling happy, I feel sort of let down. You need involvement. You need to get involved in some real Christmas project. How would you like to be the director of our Christmas play? Me? You want me to be the director of the Christmas play? Sure, Charlie Brown. We need a director. You need involvement. We've got a shepherd, musicians, animals, everyone you need. We've even got a Christmas queen. I don't know anything about directing a Christmas play. Don't worry. I'll be there to help you. I'll meet you at the auditorium. Incidentally, I know how you feel about all this Christmas business, getting depressed and all that. It happens to me every year. I never get what I really want. I always get a lot of stupid toys or a bicycle or clothes or something like that. What is it you want? Real estate. How many of you are Charlie? And how many of you are Lucy? Charlie said, hey, this whole Christmas thing, I don't really get it. And Lucy said, you know, when Charlie asked her, she says, I never get what I want. He said, what do you really want? And then you heard a response. Folks, stuff is trying to fill our lives. Right there, and I know why Charles Schultz didn't put it in there, because they probably wouldn't let him. But Lucy should have said, I need Jesus. Isaiah 7, the Lord himself will show a sign. Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. The name Emmanuel means God with us. As the worship team comes, let me ask you something. What is the birth of Jesus all about? It's about worship. You and I were created to worship. That's why we are so enamored by so many things. So many things are pulling on us, taking and buying for our time. And God says, you got to understand, I created you to worship. This is why Satan brings so many fallacies, so many false gods into our lives. He wants us to worship something. There's people that worship their wives, their husbands, their children, their jobs, their families, their vacations. Just fill in the blank. Don't worry, I'm not going to step on the big God. Sports. But there's, there's so many of us will make time for everything. Therefore, we'll be full of really nothing that will make a difference in eternity. 
You see, why, what, what are we called to worship? We're called to worship. Why? Because number one, he is no longer in the cradle. The Bible says that we do not have a high priest who cannot be sympathized with the feelings of our infirmities, but was likewise in every area tempted as we are, yet without sin. See, God always takes us back and says, do you remember what I did on Christmas? Do you remember? Say, Pastor, it's long beyond that. You're right. Jesus grew up. He lived a sinless life. He showed us the way how to live and how not to sin. He showed us how to think and how not to treat others. He showed us how to have and live in a relationship with Christ. And he ultimately showed us how to die. Because you see, ladies and gentlemen, living in this life, if you've already died to this world, it's pretty easy to live with our eyes focused on the world to come. Can somebody say amen? Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.